Thank you for being with us this evening. As has been mentioned, we're going to continue a study that we began this morning related to church Bible classes. We looked this morning at the fact that as elders, it is our duty that we will be held accountable to provide vision and leadership, to provide oversight of the congregation, to explain the things that we practice here as a body, and that our goal is to restore the New Testament church. We want to go back and see exactly what we find in Scripture, and we want to replicate that, and when we do, we will be able to be a part of the kingdom of heaven according to the teachings of Christ. We noted this morning that this plan of God that is given in His Word for teaching, the pattern that we find for God teaching His people began back in Genesis chapter 2 and 3 when He instituted the home, marriage, put in place the uh, standard for women's role in the assembly. From that time forward, that has never changed through the dispensations of time. We also noted that God's plan demonstrates that children are to be taught at home, that the father's to take the initiative and be the spiritual leader of his home, along with the mother. The children are to be trained in that setting. We also noted that Israel, as they gathered in Deuteronomy chapter 31, we noted that they were men, women, and children, and the stranger. The law was read, and the, the record tells us very specifically that those children learned. We also noted then the church and the summary of 1 Corinthians 14 and all of those things that regulate the assemblies of the church and how all of that lines up with what we had read in the Old Testament. We were in Deuteronomy, I failed to look at chapter 4, verse 2. The Word says there, Ye shall not add unto the Word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I have commanded you. And we know that that's God's standard for us, that we're not to add to, we're not to take away from. When He gives us a pattern, we're to follow that pattern, and we're not to... Uh, defer away from it. We notice that we are to follow this pattern that's given. We noted that church Bible classes are not mentioned anywhere in the Scriptures, that we never read a command or an example for the church to be called for edification and then to be divided up. And so we want to continue to build on those things that we noted this morning we also reviewed the history of the Bible classes. If they're not found in Scripture, then that means they must have came along later or outside of the, the inspired Word of God. And we looked at the history, and we saw that these started essentially in the year 1780, and they came to America in 1850 or so, or 1787, then into the Church of Christ in 1850 through 1900. So this practice has been used for something between 100 and 200 years in the Churches of Christ. And we noted this morning that often 
once a practice is in place for a hundred years or so, people don't question it any longer. But what happened for the first 5,780 years as far as God's plan in directing how His people were, were to be taught? They made it without this system, and the plan worked. And as we also noted, God gives us the best plan. He never gives us an inferior way to do anything. Tonight we're going to look at some additional material concerning this issue. And the way I want to break this down first is to talk to you about the only two scriptural settings for the teaching of the Bible. And this is going to be consistent again all the way from back in Genesis where God put these uh, per perimeters in place through today. There are two settings. One is the individual setting. The other is the congregational setting. And I think it's interesting as we go through and look at all of the verses that have to do with teaching and God's plan for teaching His people that we can put these verses in one of these two categories. I want to begin in Acts chapter 20 and verse 20. Paul was speaking to the Ephesian elders and he said, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. So Paul gives us the contrast between these two scriptural settings for teaching the Bible. He said, I taught you from house to house. That would be the individual setting. And he says, I taught you publicly. We look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 35 that we noticed this morning. It says, And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. We made a diagram of in the assembly and outside of the assembly, and that we have a certain set of things that we follow within the assembly. Once the assembly is over and we're away from the assembly, then we follow other regulations. And we find this to be the case. This doesn't mean at home specifically, but what it means is away from the assembly. You know, when Paul was instructing the Corinthians about having a feast instead of the Lord's Supper in their assembly, he said, do you not have houses in which you can eat? He wasn't meaning that they had to eat in their house every time and not the park or not a, another place where food was available. So this phrase at home means in a, pub, in a private setting. We read in verse 35 also, and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. So we see that contrast again. When it talks about in the church, that's the word ecclesia, and that's also often rendered assembly. It's talking about what we're doing here tonight, assembled as the church. And so that is a setting where we're studying God's Word, but there are very different perimeters in the congregational setting than there is in the individual setting. In the individual setting, the general public is not invited. It's private studies. In the congregational setting, the general public is invited. They're a public assembly. We advertise the time that we're going to assemble here, and we invite everyone to come. The individual setting can happen anytime in any place. 
The congregational setting happens when and where the church assembles. The individual setting is organized by individuals. The congregational setting is organized by the local church leadership. The individual setting is not overseen by the local church leadership. They might be invited to a private study where they are involved in that, but there's many private discussions and Bible teaching that is done by parents to their children in a home setting where a group of Christians get together and study God's Word, and this is not under the purview or the oversight of the elders. We see that the congregational setting is overseen by the local church leadership. Parents take the lead in training their children. These verses that we noticed this morning, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And when thou walkest, thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and thou shalt be as frontlets. They shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. It's very easy to see that this is a private setting or an individual setting. This is the home. As long as we speak the truth in love, there are very few parameters. There are general principles that guide our teaching there, but we are not regulated. And certainly women are not regulated to be silent in the individual setting when they're involved in teaching their children. They have a role there, and they are to pursue that role and to be involved in that teaching. We read in Ephesians 6, verse 4, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's not talking about here in a congregational setting, but it's talking about again in the individual setting. But we know that children can learn together with the adults. That's one of the points that we emphasize this morning from Deuteronomy 31. So we've already mentioned, the children can come here, we can have the whole family, that as the law is being read, as the case was for the children of Israel, as the Word of God is being taught, that our children can listen and understand. Also in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23, If therefore the whole church be come together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned, or unbelievers, will they not say that ye are mad? So everyone, including the unbeliever, as long as edification is given, when we come together in the proper format, as we see that presented in God's Word, in His plan, then we can achieve what is the goal of our teaching and of the edification that we need to receive as a group. In the individual setting, I would submit to you this evening, and we're going to look at this more closely after we do this overview, but women may teach men, women, and children in this setting. In Acts 18, verse 26, we have the account of Aquila and Priscilla taking Apollos aside and teaching him or expounding unto him the way of God more perfectly. We have the example of Lois 
and Eunice teaching, teaching Timothy, teaching children. We have this example in Titus 2, 3 through 5, where women are taught to teach other women. The aged women teach the younger women about the things that they need to do. It says, The aged women likewise, that they may be in behavior, as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. We find this to be set in this individual setting. Certainly we would not do that in an assembly of the church where women have to be silent, where they can't speak, where they're not even to ask questions. Certainly this process could not take place there. Women may not teach anyone in the assemblies of the church. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35, let your women keep silence in the church, verse 34 Verse 35, it is a shame for women to speak in the church. And we find the same admonition again from 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12. In the individual setting, women may ask Bible questions. 1 Corinthians 14, 35, let them ask their husbands where? At home in this individual setting. In the congregational setting, women may not ask questions. This is according again to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 34. So we see that women don't have to keep silent in the setting that's given individually, but they do have to be silent in the congregational setting. Here's where it gets interesting, and here's really the reason why we want to look at these two settings, because these are the only settings that the Scripture gives us authority to teach the Bible in. So we want to look at the church Bible class setting, and we want to see whether this fits into the congregational setting or whether this fits into the individual setting. And the reason this is so important and why it relates to the role of women in teaching is because women's role is very different in the individual setting than it is in the congregational setting. We taught this morning or gave definition this morning regarding church Bible classes that women teach in those classes. They teach children and, and women they are not allowed to teach men or to teach boys once they are baptized or get above somewhere in the range of age 13. This is the practice within the church Bible classes. So as we begin to look at them, where are we going to put them? Are they individual or are they congregational? They are like house to house in some ways where the women speak, but they are also like the public, everyone is invited to come there and then to be divided up into these classes where the Bible is taught. They're like home, but they are also very much like church assemblies. The same people that are coming for the main assembly of the church are coming at the time designated for church Bible classes these individuals are split into different places and then they come back together for edification later in the general assembly. So we see that 
In some cases, they're, they're somewhat like private or individual, but they're also, they have these characteristics of the assembly. It's a private study, but the general public is invited. In that way, we see that they're like an assembly of the church. They happen when and where the church assembles. Whoever is leading that church sets the time and the place. In that way, they're just like a general church assembly. They're organized by the local church leadership. They're overseen by the church leadership. They're paid for generally by the church out of their funds. The, the criteria of what is taught is generally set by the church leadership. These classes are put in place because parents maybe can't teach at home or the belief is that children can't learn in the general assembly. We're going to page two now. We mentioned ten different things that we can easily put in the congregational setting or the individual setting that we read in scriptures. Remember, we can't read about Bible classes in, in God's Word. We can't read about instructions about teaching boys to what age or what age it's right or wrong not to do these things because there's no directive given in God's Word regarding these things that are not found in the plan of God. Here's where, again, it's, it's confusing. Women may teach women and children, but women may not teach men. In the individual setting... According to God's Word, we will notice examples later of women that taught men throughout the time that God has had His plan of teaching His people in effect. But here, women may teach women and children, but they may not teach men. So it's somewhat like an individual setting, and it somewhat has characteristics of the congregational setting. Women are encouraged to ask Bible questions in these classes that they participate in. Women are encouraged to speak. They do not have to remain silent. And the point that I'm trying to get to here is that this church Bible class that has come from the mind of man brings a level of confusion as to what we're, how we're to look at it. Which is it? It has a lot of these characteristics. You'll see these arrows as we highlight them. Uh, some characteristics toward individual, some characteristics toward congregational. This was the first page of our list. And look at all these arrows that point, to, at least to a degree, to have the characteristics of the congregational setting. So which is it going to be? As we visit with people and discuss this issue, there seems to be a tendency to not want to put these in any of the categories that we find in God's Word. And we can see why. Look at some of these advertisements that I found. Schedule of assemblies. And listed under the schedule of assemblies is the Bible class, the morning service, and the evening service. Here's another, schedule of assemblies. 
And all of these things are put together in the brochure where they're advertising their services. They're all lumped together like their assemblies. Schedule of assemblies, Bible classes, the morning service, and the evening service. Here's a website that advertises for the Park Avenue Church of Christ. Assemblies on Sunday. And what is listed there again, the Bible classes, the morning service, the evening service. Are these considered assemblies? They're advertised in that way. If you would look at this material and look at and how it's presented, you would believe that they were assemblies. And we have stated that all assemblies of the church are regulated by 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Timothy 2. The women are to be silent. So how would we have an assembly with attached to the church where the church is invited to come for edification and yet we're not following the perimeters that are given in God's Word for assemblies. Here's another way that this is advertised. Worship schedule, Sunday Bible study, Sunday worship, evening worship. There's no wonder that there's confusion about this because... This is not found in God's Word. There's no authority in God's Word that sets this up so we know exactly how we should follow the perimeters that are given in the plan that He's given. Let's go back to these verses. We've looked at these a lot, and we said this morning that these were going to be crucial. They're especially crucial, crucial to the role of women and how they're to teach in this plan that God has given us in His Word. There are six commandments here for women to be silent. Scattered through 1 Timothy 11, uh, 2, verse 11 through 14, and 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35. And yet we have women preachers. We can turn on the television every day. We can tune into the radio. We can get on the Internet and listen to Joyce Myers as she preaches in front of an assembly of the church. How do people seek God and seek His will and yet ignore the plain statements that were given here? It's sad to say that in churches of Christ, even today, there are churches of Christ that have placed women in the pulpit to teach to the, the general assembly of the church. How do we get to those places when we go back to God's Word and we see these patterns, we see these commandments, they're given so clearly, and yet we want to embrace something different. We want to do something different from what we see in God's Word. You will remember that we paralleled these two passages this morning. Now there is an idea out here among certain uh, religious bodies that 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 applies everywhere. They will apply that in the Bible classes. And they will render the meaning of this verse in such a way that it doesn't mean total silence, but they take this verse and they use it to say that women are not to teach over men. That's not the statement of the verse at all. The verse says that that women are to not teach and nor something different are they to usurp authority over the men. But by taking this verse and misunderstanding what it says, 
there's this idea that all men are subject to all, or I'm sorry, all women are subject to all men. And they try to take that verse and use it in a way that is less restrictive of women, and they apply that in the Bible classes, and then they apply 1 Corinthians 14, 34, 35 in, these, in the general assemblies. And what I point out is that these verses were written by the same person, by the Apostle Paul. These are parallel verses as close as you would ever find any two passages in God's Word. 1 Corinthians 14 identifies that these apply in the church, in the assembly. So it would be understood if it's a parallel verse found in 1 Timothy 2 that where 1 Corinthians 14 applies, 1 Timothy 2 would apply as well. But in addition to that, I would like for you to understand that if we try to apply 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 everywhere, then it would be impossible for us to do that. And we'll talk more about the examples and the, the Bible that examples that show us that outside of the, assemb uh, the assembly, women are not restricted in this way. One of the problems about women's role in, their, uh, in the teaching plan of God is there's confusion. Where can I say what? Is it possible that I might teach a man by mistake in an in a individual setting and that be a problem? I might make a mistake in that way. Because of the way 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 has been taught, a lot of women wonder about this. And I believe that that's a shame. I believe the Bible is very clear that in the assembly, they're restricted and they're under the authority that God set them under in Genesis 3, verse 16. They're to be silent. They're not to ask questions. But I believe outside the assembly, the Bible is clear that they can teach, that they don't have to worry about teaching over a man or saying something that would cause them to be in conflict with God's law. Why is this a problem? Because of the church Bible class and the teaching relative to it. Before these classes became an issue, I never heard anyone try to apply 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 everywhere in every setting. It was thought of to be an assembly passage. And I'm afraid at times that we take these verses and we try to stretch them to fit something that they do not fit. One of these ideas that we just talked about is women are subject to men, all women to all men. That's nowhere taught in God's Word that I can find. Women are subject to their husband, not to men in general. Genesis 3.16 that we looked at this morning where this law was put into effect. Under the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Did God say, thy desire to be, will be to men, and they shall rule over you? He didn't say that. He said, you will be ruled by your husband. 
In Ephesians chapter 5, where it speaks of the husband and wife relationship, two different times it references the word own husband. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Therefore, as the church is subjects unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. It's very clear, isn't it? 1 Peter 3, verse 1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Do you see how clear that is? Women that are at home under their father's care, young women are subject to their father. Women that are married are subject to their husbands. Women, women that are not married are subject to Christ. They're subject to the elders in the congregation. But all women are not subject to all men. And that's an erroneous way to try to apply the verses that we find in the Bible. Out of the assembly, women may teach men. We're not going to have time to look at a lot of detail here, but I encourage you again, go look at this for yourself. Remember, God's plan and His pattern for teaching His people began in Genesis 3. So we can go back and we can look at these examples in the old law. We can look at examples in the New Testament. Deborah in Judges 4, 4 through 7, judged Israel and taught men. But you will find nowhere in that setting where she went into the worship assembly. She didn't go into the animal sacrifice area or take any of that on herself. But she, outside of the religious activities and worship of the people, taught men. She ruled over men. She told Barak to come, and when he came, she sent him to do this and that and the other. She certainly had authority over men in this instance. Read the account in Judges chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. In 2 Kings 22, 12-16, we read about Huldah. In this account, we find that Huldah the prophetess taught the men of Israel. She taught five men on this occasion. Did she usurp authority? The Bible says they came to her. She did not be an authority in a, in a situation that was... Uh, not according to God's will. There's nothing stated in any of these examples that I'm saying that these women did anything that was against God at all. Some might say, well, this is in irrelevant because it's, not, because it's in the Old Testament. But again, we looked at that this morning. Turning to the New Testament in Luke chapter 2, verses 34 to 38, we read about Anna the prophetess. Again, this was not an assembly, but there were men there. There were several people there. The Bible says that Anna went there and prayed in their presence. She spake of Christ to all of them, talked about the redemption in Jerusalem. And I ask you, was she usurping authority? 
Why does the account in any of these examples not tell us if that's the case? Again, they weren't assembly situations. What about the woman, the Samaritan woman that Christ dealt with at the well? She spoke to the men of the city after her encounter with Christ, and the Bible says many of them believed because of what she spoke to them. Did she teach men on this occasion? Did she do something wrong to tell the story of Christ as long as it was outside the assembly? I believe the answer to that is very apparent. And then the example that we looked at earlier where we placed Acts 18.26 in the individual setting. This is in a church environment. And we find that Apollos was speaking things from the pulpit in the assembly of the church that was incorrect. Priscilla did not participate in instructing Apollos in this setting. She didn't get up in the assembly and teach him. But the Bible contrasts between the assembly and the individual setting because the Bible says they took him unto them. And I want to emphasize that plural pronoun, they. Both Aquila and Priscilla took him unto them, and they expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. If we interpret 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12, that women cannot teach men in a spiritual setting or everywhere in any setting, individual setting, then we have a conflict with these scriptures that we've just read. The Bible does not conflict itself. If there's a conflict, we haven't rightly divided the Word. Remember, we're to take all the verses about any given subject. We're to lay them alongside one another. And we have to look at how that we can make them all fit together. And I believe if we will look at 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 as a parallel passage to 1 Corinthians 14, 34, 35, and realize that it applies in the assembly, then we can take all of these examples, we can take all of these passages, we can line them up, we can put them in the correct category, and we can have consistency with the way that we answer this question. So as we conclude our thoughts this evening, I want to make these observations. We have seen that there is confusion as to whether Bible classes are assemblies or not. We have determined that if classes are assemblies, as they're advertised in many ways, that women should be silent and they cannot teach anyone. They cannot read, they can't speak, they can't ask questions or comment. If they do that in the assembly, they violate these verses that we've read. Well, what if the Bible classes are not assemblies? What if someone says, even though they have all of these characteristics of an assembly, really they're just like a, a private study up at the church building? Which I think is not an honest way to describe them, because of all the characteristics that we've already looked at. But if that's the case, if they're a private study up at the church building, why are women restricted in who they can teach? 
Why are women restricted in teaching the males, the boys that reach a certain age are, are teaching men? Because we studied in the private setting that women can teach anyone. It violates Acts 18.26 when women are told they cannot teach men. Either position, either place, you take the classes and put them in either category, they're going to be inconsistent with the Scripture. Inconsistency is something that we do not want as we look to God's Word to seek after His truth and to find His will so that we can follow His will. The second observation we've noted in 1 Timothy 2, 11 and 12 is a parallel passage to 1 Corinthians 14, 34, 35. Where we apply one, we must apply both. They are only applicable in the assembly. We saw these examples of women teaching men in Scripture, which shows us that these passages cannot apply outside the assembly. I want to ask you a question. Do you know any godly women that are principals at a school? Do you know any godly women that are supervisors over men at a job that they work at? Do you know any godly women that have taught their unbelieving husbands about what it means to obey Christ? If we try to take this and apply it everywhere, we limit women in such a way that it's impossible for them to do the things that they need to do. It's impossible for them to teach in the opportunities that they have. Mothers are to be teaching their sons. Do you believe once their sons are baptized that mothers cannot teach their sons any longer? You see, if we're going to take this and say that it applies everywhere, we're going to have to make it apply everywhere. And I don't believe that it is feasible for us to take that and apply it in every setting that we find ourselves in. That should teach us that the interpretation of that verse must match something that is consistent with the Scripture. We understand that they cannot be applied everywhere or women could not exercise many of the duties that they have to carry out in their daily life. As we stated this morning, it is our goal to find God's will. It is not our goal to be unkind or to be judgmental toward anyone. We want to restore New Testament Christianity in Northwest Church of Christ and as elders, we have to make decisions about the practices that we're going to do here. And as we study these things, and as we stated this morning, we do not find directive in God's Word that would lead us to attach the Bible class system to what we do here at our congregation. If you have verses in God's Word, if you can bring the principles, and apply that, then we want to learn if we're in the wrong in this. And we're willing to sit down with anyone and study this subject as stated with an open Bible. So please bless us in that way. If you have questions about what we've covered, you have other questions about this subject 
or any other subject about the, the activities of the church and the stance that we take here at Northwest Church of Christ, we want you to come and visit with us about it. Talk to one of the elders and bring your question to them and we'd be glad to study these subjects further. We want to offer an invitation at this time for those that might have a spiritual need in their life. If you've been taught and you want to obey the gospel, we would encourage you to do that. If you're here tonight and you would like to have the prayers of the church, one of either class, please come forward as we stand and sing the song of invitation.